0: That describes a lot of Americans today, isn't it? Tired, and maybe that describes you today. It describes some of the choir today. It sounds like they're trying to encourage me here this morning. Somebody put it: we are overwhelmed, overworked, overcommitted, overanxious, overmatched, and overextended. Our tanks are on empty and we're running on fumes. You know, we live in the day of 24-7. We run from here to there and then turn around and do it all over again the next day. With work and school and sports and hobbies and side businesses and other commitments, we are just plain exhausted. I understand a new National Sleep Foundation poll finds almost two-thirds, two-thirds, of U.S. adults say they aren't getting enough sleep. Less than seven hours on average uh, for a weeknight. Now, we don't need a poll to tell us that, do we? Our bodies are screaming that message to us that we are tired. We're tired. Physically, many of us are tired. You know, if you're of the average weight and height, here's what you go through in an average 24-hour period. Your heart will beat 103,689 times. Your blood will travel 168 million miles as your heart pumps approximately four ounces per beat. You will breathe 23,040 times, inhaling 438 cubic feet of air. Your stomach will take in three and a half pounds of food and 2.9 quarts of liquid, which is for the average person. You will lose seven eighths of a pound of waste. If you're a man, you will speak 4,800 words If you're a woman, you'll speak close to 7,000 words.
1: I didn't write this.
0: You will move 750 muscles and exercise 7 million brain cells. No wonder we're tired. When I read that, I thought, oh, sometimes we have to just stop. And rest. We have to take a nap. Now, not right this moment, but later. We have to take a nap. We have to put up our feet a while and and catch up on some relaxation. It is one thing to be tired physically. But there's another kind of tired I want to talk to you about this morning. You see, we do grow tired in life. But some are tired of life. Uh, Did you catch that subtle difference there? Some... It's one thing to grow tired in life, it's something else to grow tired of life. To reach a point in your life where you don't know if you can go on anymore, or to reach a point where you don't even know if you want to go on anymore. To be so overwhelmed and so weary that you just want to wave a white flag, you want to quit, you want to give up, you want to check out. You grow tired of struggling and straining and striving to figure life out. You wonder if your life truly has purpose and identity and value in this world. You wonder who you really are and why you're here in the first place. You wrestle with those big questions in life and you keep coming up without an answer. You wonder if there's any hope for you. You wonder, does any of this really matter after all? You're overwhelmed, as somebody said, by the pace of life and the pressures of life and the pain of life. Maybe your life has veered off the course that you had planned so long ago. Maybe when you were young and you were about to graduate high school or college, you had in your mind what life was going to be like for you and you had it all mapped out. And it was a glorious thing, but maybe you have come face to face with one of the big D's in life. I mentioned these to our Wednesday night crowd this past week. Maybe your life has been invaded with the big D's. Maybe divorce has come into your life. Perhaps disease has touched your life. Dysfunction has touched your life. Or maybe the death of a loved one. And these things have caused your life to veer off the course that you thought it was going to take. And you now wonder, is there any hope? Any true hope for me? You wonder, is there any true rest for me? You wonder, is life really worth it now? Maybe that's you today. And maybe you're at that point or maybe you're progressing to that point, And if that's the, the case today, I'm glad you're here. I have for you today a word of hope, a word of comfort, a word of consolation. But they're not my words. They're the words of Jesus. These words are found in one verse of scripture in Matthew, chapter 11, verse 28. The Lord Jesus says in Matthew eleven twenty eight 28, these words, Come to me, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I want you to think about those words for a moment. Let them soak in. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Now, I know some of you are here today. Because a friend invited you. They maybe stopped you and personally invited you. They may have handed you one of the little invitations that we had, or they may have called you on the telephone and said, listen, we're having friend day at our church, and I'd love you to come and be with us. And thankfully, you accepted. Thankfully, you're here today, and we're glad that you're here. And we're glad that you accepted the invitation. We love you. We want to serve you today. We want to help you. We want to show the love of Jesus to you here in this place today. Our invitation was hopefully sincere and gracious and loving. We really wanted you to be here today. And I know that's my heart desire. And I'm sure it's the desire of the one who personally invited you. But when I think about those invitations, I think about how those invitations pale in comparison to Jesus' invitation here. Did you notice it's an invitation that Jesus gives you? Let's look at it. Let's look at this invitation. Jesus says, first of all, come to me. That's most interesting. Most invitations we receive, it's an invitation to a person. I mean, to a place, an event, not a person. It's an invitation to a a place and an event. Come to the party at the lake. Come to the graduation at the school. Come to the game at the stadium. Come to Friend Day at Red Hill. Come to the Fall Festival at Anson Elementary or whatever. A place and event. Yes, people are involved and people are there. But you're invited to a place and you're invited to an event. But notice Jesus says, come to me. To me. It reminds us today that Christianity... It's not a religion. It's a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not a religious system. It's not a list of man-made rules or a self-help course or something to crutch you up and get you through life. Biblical Christianity is a personal relationship with the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, maybe you're wondering, well, who is Jesus Christ? Well, he's God in the flesh. You see, in order to pay for our sin, our wrongdoing, he came as a babe born to the Virgin Mary. He lived as a man among men. Perfect God. Perfect man joined in the flesh. He voluntarily, after living a sinless life, never sinning, voluntarily went to an old rugged cross. Calvary. There he suffered. He shed his blood. He died. He was buried. But praise be to God, he arose again victorious. You see, God the Father sent God the Son to die in our place. You may have heard this verse before, maybe many times. The Bible says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, that is, eternally perish, but have everlasting, eternal life. Jesus says to each and every person today, come to me. Now, maybe you're wondering, well, does this Jesus really love me? Does he really mean it? You know, some people invite you to things and they do it of obligation and they know they have to invite you or you'll be upset if they don't invite you. But is that Jesus? Now, listen, how much does Jesus love you? Well, listen, he opened his arms wide and He allowed them to be nailed to a cross For you, that's how much he loves you. And now those same arms that he will let them nail to the cross, he now extends to you and he says to you, come to me, come to me. Ivor Powell said it so eloquently when he talks about Jesus saying, come says that's the first word learned by a baby. For even before the sounds of articulation can be recognized, a baby understands the meaning of a mother's outstretched arms. As that mother says, come to me. It's so simple, a child can understand it, yet it's so profound. The wisest of men cannot ridicule its message. Jesus says to you today, friend, come to me. But then notice what he says next. He says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. You see, there are those today who are working hard to gain acceptance by God. There are those that are hoping that they do enough good works that they might make it into heaven. There are those who are trapped in religious systems of many different labels and titles. And the message is this. Do, 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 do some more and you might make it in the end. They're laboring for peace and and they're still heavy laden with their burden and their sin. But Jesus didn't say do. Jesus says what? Come to me. All you who are labor and heavy laden. I'm sure you're aware that all of us do wrong things. All of us do what the Bible calls sin. Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. I sin, you sin. We all do wrong things. The Bible says our sin must be dealt with. And that's why Jesus Christ came. In fact, Mark 2, 16 and 17 says, And when the scribes and Pharisees saw him eating with tax collectors and sinners, uh, they said to his disciples, How is it that he eats and drinks with tax collectors and sinners? I mean, the, the lowest of the low in that society. And it says, when Jesus heard it, he said to them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I have come to call. I, I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Who is Jesus issuing this invitation to today? He's issuing it to sinners. Those who have done wrong. Those, those who are burdened down. You know, sadly, some believe they have to get their act together before they come to Jesus. They think, well, I've got to get my life cleaned up and I've got to polish up and I've got to get myself spick and span before I can come for Jesus to receive me. No, friend. You see, you can't get your act together. The Bible says we're dead in our sin. You see, here's what you do. You come as you are in your sin and He cleanses you and He washes you and He makes you clean and He makes you whole and He gives you new life. You don't polish up and then come. You come just as you are to him as a sinner. And you cry out to him and he cleanses you. You see, repentance is your turning from your sin to God. It's saying to God, listen, God, I'm sorry for my sin. I don't want this sin. I don't want to serve sin. I don't want to be in sin. I don't want to die in sin. And as you do that, he takes care of that sin through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe you're here today and you say, well, preacher, you don't know me. You don't know what I've done. You don't know really how bad I am. You don't know the deeds that I've done in my past. You don't know the thoughts that I think. You don't know the things I'm involved in. You don't know how bad I am. Let me say to you, friend. It matters not. Jesus can and will save you. But you must come. Jesus says, come to me. Now, we know who is issuing this invitation, the Lord Jesus. We know who he's issuing it to those who are sinners, those who are undone, those who are lost. But notice what he says. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. Notice what it says. And I will give you what? Rest. I will give you rest. Think about that word. Rest. That word is such a sweet word. Just saying, I like saying it. rest, rest. Now, what kind of rest is he talking about here? Well, it's rest for your soul. As one put it, it's rest of salvation. It's the rest of conscience. The Bible says this is peace with God. In fact, Romans five, one says, therefore, having been just justified by faith, we have peace with God, peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, friend, as you struggle and strive and strain trying to figure out life. Here's what you're looking for. Here's who you're looking for. The Lord Jesus. He says, I'll give you rest. I'll give you peace. I'll give you identity. I'll give you significance. I'll give you security. I'll give you value. I'll give you eternal life. I'll give you a home in heaven. I'll make you an heir and join heir with the Lord Jesus Christ. I'll give you all these riches in Christ. If you will come to me, I'll give you peace with God. Notice it's a gift. Jesus says, I will give. You see, you can't earn salvation. That's why it breaks my heart to realize there are millions of people who are trying to do all sorts of things to gain acceptance of God. But the Bible says in Ephesians 2, 8, 9, for by grace have you been saved through faith and that not of yourselves is the gift of God, not of works lest anyone should boast. Jesus gives you this. Notice it's a gift, but notice who gives it. Jesus. Acts four twelve says this. Nor is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men. Whereby we must be saved. John fourteen six. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. See, there are not many ways to heaven. The Bible is very clear. That's not me. That's the Bible. Jesus himself says, listen, I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. You don't come through many ways. You come through one person. The Lord Jesus Christ. What an invitation. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Now, here's the question. Preacher, how do we come to Jesus? I mean, we don't see Jesus standing physically in our presence today, do we? How do we come to Jesus? Well, we come by faith. That verse I just read says, For by grace have you been saved through faith. John 3.16 said what? That whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. The idea is this, beloved. It's by grace through faith. God's hand of grace is reaching out to you today. Jesus' loving arms is reaching out to you today saying, come. And faith is your hand reaching up and meeting God's hand of grace. The hand of faith and the hand of grace meeting together. As you say, I come, I come. You see, believing there is more than just mentally assenting. It's more than just saying, yeah, I know there's a Jesus. Yeah, I know there's a man who lived long ago. He was a good man. I understand. It's more than that. You see, this believing is trust. You're trusting Jesus. John one twelve says, but as many as received him to them, he gave the right to become the children of God to those who believe in his name. You see, as sinners, we cannot save ourselves. And so, as a sinner, if you've never trusted Jesus, you cannot save yourself. You repent. That is, you turn from your sin as best as you can, and you place your faith, your total trust, in Jesus Christ to save you from your sin. He gives you that gift. He enables you to become a child of God. You see, sad to say, I'm going to be honest with you and straight with you today. The Bible teaches that as a sinner, you're presently under condemnation. You're in enmity with God. The Bible says that if you do not repent and place your faith in Jesus Christ, that you're headed to an eternity to a horrible place called hell. But the great news is you don't have to go there. You see, that's why Jesus says, come to me. Jesus stands with his arms wide open saying to you today, friend, come to me, all you who are laboring, heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I will give you forgiveness of sin. I will give you eternal life. I'll give you a home in heaven. Jesus says to you today, come to me, come to me. He stands with open arms waiting for you. I don't know what you're coming out of. I don't know what you're involved in. I don't know what you've been through, but he does. He does. And he still says, I love you. I died for you. I shed my blood for you. I arose again for you. I'm waiting for you. He says to you, come to me. I know you labor. I know you're heavy laden. If you'll come to me, I will give you rest. Now, here's the question. Will you come to Jesus? He's standing waiting for you. Will you come? Here's what we're going to do in a moment. We're going to pray. And we're going to sing a closing hymn. And as we do, the invitation is simply this. If you'd like to come to Jesus today, I'm going to ask you to get up from where you are and come meet me down here. And I'm going to take you and place you with someone who will take a Bible and sit down with you and lead you to the Lord Jesus Christ. No need to be embarrassed, no need to be afraid. And I want you to remember that as we sing today and as you come, you're not coming to the preacher and you're not coming to Red Hill Baptist Church and you're not coming to a religion. As you step out and come today, you're coming to the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And so I say again today. What a great invitation. Will you receive it? Will you receive Jesus? In a moment as we sing, would you come and meet me here and allow me to put you as someone that will share Jesus with you? Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Are you tired today? spiritually? Would you come? Father, I pray by your Holy Spirit to do that which only you can do right now. Only you can convict people and bring them to repentance and faith in Jesus Christ. I have presented your invitation, Lord Jesus, and I pray now that many will step out and come and receive you as their Savior. I pray your will be done. Your word declares you're not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Father I know it's your plan. Your desire. Your goal. That's why you sent Jesus. To give this rest for our souls. So I pray during this invitation. As men and women are there. As you work in their hearts and lives. Whether it be boys or girls or teenagers. Or men or women. Whatever their age. Whatever their stage. Whatever their life is. They would step out and come to Jesus. And do it this morning. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Our closing hymns, number 307. Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me. Again, the invitation is very simple today. As we sing, you'd like to come to Jesus, would you step out? Come meet me here and I'll put you with someone who would take their Bible and share with you the Lord Jesus. Very simple. No need to be afraid. No need to be embarrassed. We're here to help you. Jesus stands with his arms wide open. Will you come to Jesus as we stand and sing 307, just as I am. You stand and sing. You come to that.